more than a segment. We might, easier, might but, we may go beyond a segment with you. We'll do Ben first, then we'll come to your your, right. your stuff afterwards. All right, so we're live. Not yet. Not, here we are. We are live. Carly, Carly doesn't really want to tell me. Here, let me fix this for you. Right I think we're good. Can you hear me? I'll lean into it. How's that? How about this? Oh, I feel like I have to sing now. <laughs> there we go. Check, check. There you go. There we are. How's, this? How's that? Let me get yours. Get a little more upright. There we go. You have Smurfs in here last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. Stacia was here. That's right. Sorry, she's a little. Sorry, Stacia. If she's paying attention, if she's listening, she's going to be. She's writing your name down right now. That was Rick, by the way, Stacia. I'm just going to tell you right now. That was Rick. That was not me. Harvey said that. (laughs) He's going to say no. It was Johnny. So, um, have you met um, Mark's partner, uh, Andrew? Andrew Undum. I have not. not Okay. No. Right. One uh, one of these days, I'll I'll, I'll introduce you guys. Um, he's a good guy, smart, but the great the best thing about him is he's, he's from Baltimore. I was going to say, uh, has another I'm just going. I just wanted to you know uh, make sure you knew. I don't want to dump. This is what's coming. This is what's coming, right? Hey. I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's happening. It's a Baltimore wave of disappointment. I understand. <laughs> Deal with it. All right, we're going to do a show. We're recording right now uh, for our show this Saturday. Uh, it'll be on KDON, uh, 101.5 FM, at 11 a.m. on Saturday. When you tune in then, or if you stay with us now, you're going to hear Rick Senemy and Ben Grove. Uh, Rick, of course, with Equity Title. Ben Grove with VIP Inspections. we got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. I love the topics for today, so guys, stay tuned. We're going to jump right into it right now. We're going to get involved with this thing. So here we go, segment one. Because we're starting late, so I figure I better jump right in. Right, Carly? I agree. Carly agrees, so we we got to do that. We're doing two tapes today. Let's go. <laughs> I heard that too, yeah. Are we getting any feedback from our audio? No, but there was like a weird. There was just... a weird, like. Yeah. Oh. That's all right. It wasn't, wasn't me. Sound effects. Aliens are in here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. It could be the cell phones by the mics. Yeah. All right, here we go. Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld of the Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. We have over a century of collective real estate experience. I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.00488897. On this program, we're dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702 702- 203-1165. Today our program, we have some outstanding guests for you. We have Ben Grove here from VIP Inspections. We also have Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title. Welcome back, guys. Hello, Harvey. Great to have you back. Uh, ben, I want I, I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about today. So cool. let's let's start with this time of year. This becomes, a lot of these become very timely. First is, is leaks and water damage. It's a devastating thing when you've got... <laughs> water damage in your house and people i don't think people realize if they haven't had it happen they don't realize how devastating this can be it's surprising how often it happens when you start working in real estate and and, and even owning a house it, it, you think about a catastrophic i mean not just a little leak but a catastrophic type leak in yeah. a house and you look at, at histories of homes and, and disclosures and things like that and you realize how often that actually happens 
It happens a lot, way too much. And, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, <laughs> but it does. It seems like it happens a lot. You attract like the water or what? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's all of a sudden all the houses. Uh, but what happens, so, so it's, it's interesting. You're part of our natural disclosure to people who are buying or selling is we tell people about mold. And they say, well, it's a desert. There ain't no mold out here. Uh, yeah, there is, actually. And it's, and it's devastating if you let it go. If you let water damage go or you let a leak go and you don't address it immediately, you're going to get mold. Yeah, so someone will have a leak, let's say it's a, a fairly substantial leak, and they'll have the leak fixed, but then they probably don't all the time deal with the results of that, which was what you're talking about with the water intrusion, the water damage. So yeah. if you have a wet space and you don't dry it uh, fairly immediately and properly, then you always have that possibility of, of something like mold that starts to grow there. Right, and, and what happens is the water gets into the wall cavity, guys. Mm-hmm. It's doesn't, it doesn't just stay outside. It, it creeps underneath yeah. the baseboards and gets into the wall cavity, or maybe the leak even initiates inside the wall sometimes with a pipe or something like that. And when it's in that enclosed space and you don't clean it up right away, it's definitely it's, it's more likely to, to, to create. Now, mold is a controversial issue. For some people, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it, it can make some people very, very sick and other people it doesn't affect them at all. But it does make some people very, very sick. So we have to be careful about it. And it's, it's going to affect your house either way. So it's, it's one of those things that's going to impact your house. And the culprits, the culprits for leaks are things like refrigerator water lines a lot of times. Yep. Reverse osmosis systems, under sink plumbing valves. Those are all the things where if you're not looking at them and, and taking care of them, that you can have a chance for something to go wrong. So what do we do? How do we, how do we, what do we check? What, I mean, I do period, if I want to do a periodic quote unquote leak check, what should I be doing, Ben? Well, looking at, at a lot of those things or having somebody look at a lot of those things that we just talked about like you're under the sink valves like way up underneath where you may not look all the time look, right. look at how crusty those valves are under there but and we talked about that a long time but i've got something new oh i've got Ooh. something new that people are going to want to hear about okay so some of the builders are starting to put these in new homes but you'd easily retrofit this into your new home and it's a it's a water flow monitor leak detector whoa yes. Okay, and these 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 are a game changer. Now they're a little pricey right now. They're about five hundred bucks plus installation. Okay, uh, Moen has one on the market, but they're high tech, of course. So they give you up to the minute real time data on your water flow, your water pressure, your water usage, all of these things. And they're so smart that if it detects what it considers to be a leak, and they're very very accurate, it will shut down your water supply to your house. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I, you know, I've seen those. It's very timely for me too because we just had uh, basically the leak in the back of my house uh, when the hose bibs was leaking crazily, and I didn't know it. And then all of a sudden, the water pressure in the house actually went down because it was it was pouring out yeah. of this thing. <laughs> so, so uh, that's really interesting. You know, another thing you brought up too that this just happened to me. So you talked about you reach underneath the sink and there's crust on the on the yeah. valves. Don't clean the crust. I've learned don't, that. Don't turn it, right? Don't, don't touch it. Touch it. Because the crust is holding that water in. <laughs> Call a plumber and get it okay. fixed. But I did it on my hot water heater. I had yeah. the, the, the valve, and I was like, this thing's really crusty. Let me get some CLR. I'll wipe this off, make oh. it look nice. I did, and I was like. All of a sudden, you're saying. I'm like, why is this water dripping? Like, it's, it's not supposed to. Sure enough, it was had the to crust. turn the water off, drain oh. the tank down, went to Home Depot to buy the $8 part. Right. That I had to unscrew, put it back in, and that entire valve was just corroded yeah. and done. But it was well, so corroded that 
it wasn't leaking. Well, it corroded. It, yeah, it protect. It kind of protect. But the, you, you probably prevented yourself from a later disaster by doing this. More than likely, yeah. more right? Than likely, because yeah. it'll just fail someday. It'll eventually just fail. that crust is not going to hold. Yeah, it'll just fail suddenly. <laughs> just don't but, clean it. Call a plumber. <laughs> right. But you'll you'll be doing an inspection, and maybe the the person buying the house will be there, and you'll be in the bathroom, and they'll be looking at those valves down by the toilet, and they'll ask, "Well, we're, we're going to turn those, aren't we? No, we're not going to turn yeah, those. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't want to do that. That's the other thing. The valve stems that we see in a lot of houses are the really cheap little plastic. Plastic yeah. things on them, and they and if you if you even try to close it, you might just bust that thing right open. I've seen yeah. that before too. Well, I had my previous home had a in the garage, you know, the main water shut off that they started putting in the in the garages. Well, the problem was the water was so hard it just ate through. Oh my, the ball joint. Oh. So we had a leak, and I ran out there. I'll just turn it off in the garage, and this thing just kept spinning. Oh, boy. Like it, it wouldn't work whatsoever. Oh, my we, goodness. So we wind up having to get that fixed as well. Scary. With well, it, he just but. said spinning. Tell, tell everyone about the spinning thing, because this is an important fact. This is, and this is a great way you can check for right. yourself, too. So out at the sidewalk where your water meter is, if you've got everything in the house turned off, mm-hmm. and you go out and you look at the meter, and if that meter's not completely stopped, yep. then you have some unaccounted water flow, which could be a leak someplace. And it could even be underground someplace, but you're going to want to, you know, find find out where that that's is right. there's that little red asterisk that spins mm-hmm. at the bottom of the meter that's the thing you want to look at don't yeah. look at the numbers or any of that stuff just look at that little meter there that little spinning thing if it's not moving you're fine if it's moving a little bit you got a leak somewhere yeah right and, and some of them are digital now so the digital ones will oh. tell you flow so it'll say zero flow oh or, okay or it'll give you flow ratings too oh, but, i got i got the old style but, but, yeah, but, me too. But this device we were talking about, this will alert you even if you have a drippy faucet. It'll, it, it knows what a, a leaky faucet will look wow. like or a leaky toilet, and it'll give you a, a text notification so you, and, and say, hey, you probably have a faucet leaking So you somewhere. apply it to your main in, in, mm-hmm. input? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. And your main incoming water line, and then it ties into your Wi-Fi system and then an app on your phone, and it gives you all this real-time data. Yeah. Plus, like I said, alerts if you have something like a, a drippy faucet. But if it detects something catastrophic, it'll just turn the water supply. Honestly, for for five hundred bucks, that's well worth it. That's money well that's, spent in my mind. Even at five hundred, that's money well spent. That's less than my homeowner's deductible. You're not kidding. <laughs> right. That's right. And I'm sure there's a, a, a change in your homeowner's policy, maybe a discount or something. It might be. It might be. I would think that they so. would want to pay pay attention to that. I mean, you know, and and we've seen it. Uh, just a little bit of a toilet. You know, if a toilet's just run water constantly, just that little bit, that could cost you an extra $200 in a monthly water bill, yeah. guys. We we have an office in our town center office. Uh-huh. Had a, uh, well, it's it's a, allegedly, it was a water machine, but that hasn't been proven yet. The attorneys are still figuring that part oh, out. Oh, my. Okay. But uh, <laughs> there was a water leak underneath the sink is where it was. Uh-huh. And the pressure built up in those pipes originally sprayed water like 15 feet oh once goodness. they were able to they opened the cabinets up one of our assistants was just drenched <gasps> and wow they went to shut the water off outside um it's commercial buildings a lot more difficult to shut water off than indeed in, yeah in the home but uh yeah the let's just say that the damages were six figures when it was all said and done wow so, and, and it only leaked just for everyone's aware it only leaked for 15 minutes oh my goodness Wow! So it wasn't like it so. There was you a, go, guys. Yeah, water damage. Let's 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 be mindful of that. Uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on with you today too, Ben. And, and first is, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about new homes. Um, Sometime in, in the course of buying a new home, the builder will give you a variety of times to step in and see things. And you guys offer a service. Well, you'll you'll go with the buyer, right? For like a 
pre-drywall type thing? So, yeah, you mentioned pre-drywall. So so a little bit newer now, more people are electing to have us come in at the pre-drywall stage. I think it's smart. It really is. And and that may not be exactly with them, um, depending on, on what oh. the builder wants. So it may be like just before or just after, maybe the same day, but while the house is open. So... This is not something we used to do a lot of. This year, it seems like we're doing a lot of these. Okay. And it's something to really consider because once everything's in place and before the drywall goes up, that's the last look we're going to get yeah. at, at some of these things. So uh, a lot of things that we're commonly finding, and he, here's some tips, even if you're doing your pre-drywall walkthrough right. um, on your own, here's some th- so some things to look for, not just like framing and structure. Uh, look at the HVAC ducts. Because they shouldn't have any real hard bends in them. They shouldn't have any kinks in them. They should be kind of nice, gentle turns. So right. look for anything that might restrict airflow. Uh, where they put an electrical box on an exterior wall. So let's say an outlet that gets mounted on an exterior wall. Mm-hmm. What we see a lot of times is that outlet will be mounted. And then when they sheet the house, they'll put staples through from the outside. And, and every once in a while, one of those will hit the wiring that's close to the exterior Oops. wall. Yeah. Yeah. So so look kind of behind the electrical box. You can even run your finger down the back of the electrical wire. There shouldn't be anything, obviously, protruding okay. from the outside into the wire. So if you don't catch it, then it's really, really hard. And what will happen is down the road, you'll have a breaker that maybe keeps tripping all the time. <laughs> and, and you'll you wonder can't why. find out why. And, and, wonder why. And, and it's hard to find after the fact. So Excellent. Good comment. Some things to look at. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we're coming up on a break. We're on a couple, couple of quick commercials. We'll come right back. we got a lot more to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. That was really good. It was really good. It's great tips. I'm it's telling you, you know, I, really? think I, I was going to do it for the cabin, and not oh, be, not because that's well, smart. Not, not because that we the only time we have the water on is when we're there. Yeah, but to get underneath the place to turn the water on, <sighs> especially in the winter time, yeah. if I can do it by my phone and yeah. just say, "Hey, turn the water on." Yeah. You know, you have to do it in the street, obviously, right. but then you just hit that button. So oh, much easier yeah. to do. The on-off is, mm-hmm. and it's an easy, the install would be less than an hour to do because yeah. it's all open underneath there. Nice. So it'd be, so it's, it's definitely an option. Brilliant. I'm going to go right into segment two, guys. Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702 702- Two zero three one one six five again. That's seven zero two two zero three one one six five. With me now in studio, we have Ben Grove here from VIP Inspections. We also have Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title. Ben, before the break, we were talking a little bit about new homes updates, and I, I appreciate that. Those are great tips for that pre drywall uh, walk. Um, the other thing you might look for is like just make sure that everything's insulated too, right? I mean, that's another thing you're going to look at when they because once I mean insulation is a choice sometimes in the interior walls but the exterior walls there better be insulation yeah you should see some insulation <laughs> you should see sure, that yeah. there you know and and i i would recommend if you're buying a new home and you have the option to insulate the interior walls do it yeah it's more for sound than it is for anything else but then it's nice then your bedrooms are nice and quiet and people can be out in the family room doing stuff and you'll be nice and quiet in the bedroom if you put that insulation on the interior walls anyway I agree. having said that let's also talk a little bit about mid-rise and high-rise uh yeah. Particularly, like we, you and I, just had this issue come up. Uh, HVAC systems are different in these buildings, right? Made me think of this, and we, we haven't really talked about high rise ever. So I thought yeah. it'd be worth. I mean, not everybody is going to buy a high rise, but it's becoming more popular here. So yep. uh, worth worth thinking about a little bit. So uh, it's kind of like a condo where you have to figure out what belongs to you and what belongs to the association. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. But but there are some differences. So. 
In the newer buildings here in town, uh, when you go into the, the unit at a high rise, you probably have a heat pump type unit in a closet somewhere that's operating off of the building systems. Right. So you're going to be responsible for that unit, but obviously that's feeding hot water and feeding off of the building systems, which you're not responsible for. Gotcha. Now, there are some buildings, and this is where getting an inspection on a high rise, this is where you need this too. There are some buildings where you have an air handler type unit in your unit, but you also have a condenser unit up on the building roof somewhere specific that still for belongs your, to specific you. Specific for yeah. your unit. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a split system residential wow. type of setup. Okay. And and that unit that's probably up on the roof somewhere, maybe in an older building out on a balcony somewhere, that that's still that's still your equipment out there. So knowing what kind of system you have and where your responsibility starts and stops for those types of systems, that's... Brilliant. You know, it's, it's a great point, and we just came across this in, a, in an inspection, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's this lateral plumbing? What is that well, horizontal plumbing? What does that mean? Okay, so plumbing. So, again, what are you responsible for? So this comes into play mostly in some older buildings. There's a couple older buildings here in town. When I say older, I mean maybe from the 50s and 60s. Okay. okay. Uh, generally in a high-rise, just generally speaking, everything that's going vertically up and down is the building. And a lot of times, things that are going horizontal, let's say, again, in and out of the unit, is you. Okay. okay. Gotcha. So there are some older buildings, a couple older buildings here in town, uh, where they installed cast iron plumbing coming in and out of the unit. Oh, boy. Now, people a lot of times don't think about this, but this is going to be your responsibility as the homeowner. So, oh so the building's not going to touch anything horizontally coming in and out of your unit. So. Uh, one of the biggest things, if you are buying a, a unit in one of those older buildings, is knowing whether that's been replaced yet or not. Because what they're doing is they are going through and systematically replacing them. It's fairly expensive, five, sure. six, eight thousand dollars sometimes to do this. Wow! So you're going to want to know whether some of those things have been done, especially if you're in an older building here. And la- last note, I have something about custom doors. What's what's that mean? Uh, the doors in and out of the unit uh, do have to be fire rated and oh. self closing by fire code. We did run into a situation years ago where the owner had replaced the doors. It was kind of a penthouse suite sort of thing. Gotcha. And he replaced the doors with some doors that weren't fire code uh, compliant. So when the building and the fire marshal comes through and expects, expects these buildings, they had to notice that they had to change the doors back. So Great. Some, you know, it's interesting. You know, in all of our houses, we have that door between the, ki- the kitchen or the laundry room and the garage. And that door is supposed to be fire rated and self-closing, too, in most of our homes. Yeah. And sometimes I've seen people switch that out, or or they put a doggy door in it, yep. and I've seen that, and that's really bad. That's that's bad news, guys. Don't want to do that. We've seen this pop up before. And what happens is this: is that if your insurance company gets wind of that, that you you did a a penetration through a fire rated area, a door or or a wall in the garage, and the fire spread as a result of that, that could that could void your insurance policy. That's a really bad thing to happen. So be careful about that kind of thing, guys. Be mindful of that. Particularly some people, they put those little holes in the ceiling of their garage. Right. And they put the little wooden ladder in there. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, an, that's a fire code violation and, and could cost you a lot should you have a fire. Hopefully you don't have to deal with that, but it could happen. You know, luckily, Harvey, my house was built so long ago that they didn't, they didn't do the drywall in the garage. They didn't even have, you they don't even have, have drywall in the <laughs> you garage. Just, you're so just open up there. I'm just, yeah, it's an open concept <laughs> in the garage for me. <laughs> open concept garage. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, guys. Look, uh, great stuff, Ben. Uh, awesome. Love when you bring these, these things for us. Our, our listeners, I'm sure, enjoy it as well. Um, Rick, we got a whole bunch to talk about today. Ten things. Ten things. Ten that, things. And what Rick brought for us, guys, this is really good. This is really cool. The ten top escrow fails. The ten top reasons why an escrow does not 
come to fruition, right? That's right. All right, so let's let's start. We, we may not finish this segment. Let's, let's just start on let's it. Let's start. These are the easy ones. Okay, I mean, let's talk about the, the easy ones. The, the first four of them are are kind of procedural. Okay. And it's more or less emotions get involved on this. Okay. These are emotions. So overall, these I classify these as emotions. Okay. All uh, right. The first one is last-minute addendums or amendments with the famous line, don't let the lender see that. Um, that's a problem. So re- remember what we are as escrow. We are a third neutral party. Yeah. We're also neutral to the lender. So right. whatever we know, we have to tell the lender as of well. Of course, yeah. Okay, so last-minute addendums and amendments are fine. Right. That's that's part of the transaction, but we can't hide anything. So make yeah. sure that you guys understand that. I mean that more towards the realtors who are listening. Yeah. Make sure you understand that as well as buyers and sellers, too. Yeah. You know, if you're doing your own tra- type of transaction outside of using an agent, th- those tend to cause a problem. I could see that. Uh, the other one is, is uh, I put down visual inspections. Now, this isn't an inspection like a home inspection. So... We grew, we're the gray area. Escrow and title I talk to as one. Okay, right? we sure. Have, we have our own different things. So this is more on the title end, but it affects escrow because we can't close. Right. We do visual inspections on properties. Oh, um, okay. There's a checklist that we go through to ten that says how far and extensive we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Commercial properties, we walk them all. Okay. So as we have a title officer, go out there and walk them. Residential properties, we start with aerial views. Depending on when it's built, Mm. then we will do actual drive-by inspections. What we're looking for is active construction. Ah. Okay, because then we have mechanics liens and things like that. Right. So this is more mechanics liens, visual inspections. Those always kind of kind of hurt the deal. But if you tell us that your home is not under construction and we drive out there and you have a bulldozer in the front yard <laughs> digging something up, we have a problem with that closing escrow. Yeah. Okay, because I can that, imagine. That affects the insurance side of it, not okay. really the escrow side. Sure, of course. We could close escrow. Right. But we, we you're not going to like how we do it. So right. we're not going to even go down that right. road. Okay. You better have a good explanation for that bulldozer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next two are the the alphabet ones, Finson and Ferpta. Oh, sure. So okay. Finson is, um, if you've ever seen the movie The Accountant, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene in there where you actually see their logo in the back. And I says, saw that. It's the financial That's a great crime. movie, by the this way. Very good I movie. love that movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, financial Crimes Division, and they're, they're basically tracking money laundering. Right. Okay? What this affects is now that we're legally allowed to talk about it, because when it first came out, we couldn't tell anybody the rules. Right. Um, which was weird. But now that we can weird. kind of tell you the rules. So uh, companies, LLCs, um, purchasing homes cash over a certain dollar amount, they have to provide a lot of documentation. Okay. And then if you, which is fine for most, but you get into these companies that are layered. Oh. It's an LLC owned by a trust, which is owned by something. Like, yeah. you, you have to trace it all the way back. Oh, and, my. And when I say we're asking for documentation, down to a copy of the driver's license. Oh, wow. And, okay. and signatures of people who aren't even buying the home. Yeah. So the, it, it definitely causes some fails in there because they're like, I'm not going to do this. So I call this the emotional side. Gotcha. Um, I'm not giving you that information. Why do you need that? Well, nah. call the federal government. Yep. They need it. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to interrupt you because we're coming up on a break. We're going to run a couple commercials, come back, and Rick's going to go into the rest of the top 10 failure failure reasons for uh, – ri- top 10 reasons escrows fail. We'll yeah. say, say it that right. way. We'll get into the good ones. All right. We'll, get, we'll be back in just a minute, guys. I ran long the first one. I had to cut this one short. F-I-N-C-E-N. Yeah, F-I-N-C-E-N. The next one is FERPTA. FERPTA. FERPTA we know. FERPTA we know. We know way too well. Yeah. (laughs) Way too well. All right, we'll go right into segment three, guys. I'm ready. We're cruising. We're cruising. 
Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, Rick Sanemi here and Ben Grove. Rick, before the break, you were telling us the top 10 reasons an escrow fails, and I think you were just into numbers. Uh, we just did number eight. I was going to move on to number seven. Let's go to number seven. We All already right. did FinCEN. Now we're doing FERPTA. FERPTA. So FERPTA is the... Uh, yeah, by thank the way. You. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Foreign Investor Real Property Tax Act. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Oh, I never uh, even really knew. I said it was foreign stuff. Basically, stuff. This, is, this is really good. I'm going to explain this really quick. Okay. A foreign individual, not a citizen here, can purchase a home providing very little documentation to the to the government there's no tax there's nothing right walk in buy the house that's great when they sell the house that's another story it's another story (laughs) and and a lot of people don't realize this is the other story is for the person buying the house that they own not really for them because be careful under ferpta the irs doesn't have any jurisdiction to collect money from these individuals after the property sells because they're not citizens right so what they do is they apply a ferpta quote withhold it's not a tax yet it's just a withhold and right. it's a percentage either 10 or 15 percent of the purchase price gets withheld and it goes to the irs for this foreign person to file a foreign tax return right and then they will get the difference back of what they should the issue is is that the onus of all this is on the buyer it has nothing to do with the seller so if they close a transaction and there's companies in town that will close a transaction and not handle the FERPTA. They are putting the buyer at risk that if that seller doesn't pay that tax, they are going to go after the buyer who just bought the home, yep. and they do it all the time. They yep. send them a letter saying you owe us eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. The buyers don't have the right, don't have the ability to pay it. Right. And now it's an issue. Okay. Um, this usually comes up at the last minute and hurts the escrows. Yeah, we um, you know we now have it's built into our contracts now where that people have to identify now they do if they if they're honest you know we'll find out about it sometimes right they may not be or they may not be may, maybe they're not being dishonest maybe they're just not aware that they're supposed to say yes this is a firm to deal yeah, exactly yeah. And, and there's things that we do in our end from the escrow side to to vet that out yeah um, we do tin checks we do Good. different questions that we ask there's a non-foreign affidavit that they have to sign at closing so right that's where it normally hurts the escrow right they get to that part and they're like i don't have a social security number well yeah. that will be a problem yeah so yeah. okay number six on the list is probate um mm. probate comes up and, and unfortunately I, I will put a little blame on us the title company we cause probate sometimes not the death side of it but <laughs> when we have to send people to probate because there, there's instances where everything was fine, but the deed that they may have done is questionable in the oh. past, and we'll ask them to go talk to a probate attorney to, to probate that out to make sure that there's no errors. Um, probate in itself is, is a six-month process. Brutal. And it comes up sometimes at the last minute that, hey, we don't have to do probate. We shouldn't have to do it. Well, we're insuring the property. Yeah. you know, You're going to defer to the safest course. Exactly. If you have to. Exactly. Yeah. So. If you know somebody has passed away who was on title, let us know up front. Yeah. We'll, we'll walk you through. We'll figure it out. We'll get you in the right hands, and we'll at least get started right. if we have to go that route. But probate is, is a big one. Okay. Power of attorneys, number five. Now oh. we're getting into my favorites here. Okay. So power of attorney. Uh, power of attorney basically gives you your rights to somebody else to act upon. Right. That. So, like, I, I can give you, Harvey, my ability to sell my house. Right. And you can sign for me. That's the short version of it. Okay? Right. Okay. People do this all the time when they set up a trust 
or if they set up some sort of estate planning with an attorney, right? They'll set up a, a power of attorney. Well, what happens with this is, is that we don't necessarily accept those. And the reason why is because they're not specific enough to the property. Oh. And that's usually the reasoning. So power of attorneys number five <clears throat> okay. always comes up. And we try to alleviate that. We try to do certain things to like know if you need to use a power of attorney, we will we'll give you a specific power of attorney for the property, only for the property. Right. And we can, you can come to our office, have it signed, you want to go travel and do whatever and okay. somebody else can act for you, we can we can help you with that. Which by the way, let me point out that as an agent, I would never be your power of attorney. Yeah, I would yeah. never my broker would never let me do that. And yeah. I wouldn't do it. It's a bad example. Sorry. Yeah. Right. No, uh, no, it's okay. I just uh, want to make sure I pointed that out. Yeah, so definitely power of attorneys. And then it leads into the next one, number four. Typically you have a power of attorney because you know someone's going to get ill. You know they're going to get older. They're going to need help. Right. Um, and if that power of attorney doesn't work, the next thing that kills the escrow is you have to get a guardianship. Oh. And guardianships are court-appointed power of attorneys, basically, or a okay. court-appointed person to act on somebody else's behalf mm. and make decisions for them. And it's a legal document. It is filed with the court. It is recorded. It's out there. Um, those come up in searches sometimes. Okay. So we might actually do a search on the seller's name and find out there's a guardianship filed, but the seller's acting upon themselves. That causes a problem. Right, because if they couldn't do the deal before, why, why should they be able to do it, do it now? Yeah, okay, so I, I that, understand. That, that brings up sense. some issues. Or they need guardianship. we got to get them to do guardianship, sure. right? There's capacity that, issue or something. There's capacity issue. So th- those okay. are the others. So now we get into the, uh, the top three. Um, number three is unrecorded documents. Oh, boy. I can't tell you this happens. We get people who show up at closing that they bring their documents and from a, a seller. So right. we'll bring documents to closing and say, I've been I've just been putting these in my drawer. Do you need any of these? And we'll find deeds wow. that were not recorded. Yeah. And it could have been it could have been like, Oh, I was deeding it into to my son. Right. Well, did you? Does your son have a copy of this? I mean, yeah, it, unrecorded right. documents are just horrible for a real estate transaction. I can imagine. Um, there are certain rules that apply to them, but at the end of the day, it, it winds up being a court issue, and it winds up being attorneys involved and figuring out, um, <clears throat> did this actually mean to happen? Was it valid? Right. You get the, you get the one, this is the common one. You get a husband and wife deed to one of their kids. Right. They give the deed to their kid, but he's not to record it. Okay. Okay. So then one of them passes away. Right. And now this other one wants to sell the property. There was a fallout between the two. Okay. Now all of a sudden, son's showing up at escrow dropping off an unrecorded deed. Oh, boy. I, what a mess. It doesn't make any sense. So do not sign anything and not record it. If yeah. it needs to be recorded, record it. If you don't need to sign it, don't sign it. And you can record it. You go run down to the office and get it recorded. It's Monday not that through def- Thursday. There's yeah. even an office in Henderson and one in North Las Vegas there for the go. Clark County recorder. That's there a little plug for them. Okay. Um, so unrecorded documents are, are the biggest thing that we start seeing towards the end. Right. Ones that we pick up through the, the whole transaction are, are the, the D's. Divorce. Okay. Ah, to any uh, attorneys out there listening, please, please, when you write up your divorce decree, be specific on the property. Clarify it. Clarify yeah. the property and do the other thing. Have the deed signed and done and recorded. Oh, there you go. We, we see a lot. A lot of attorneys do actually do the divorce decree correctly. Right. But they'll send it to us and everyone's happy. We sold the house. You know, 
whoever got the house in the divorce is ecstatic. I'm, I'm done with that person years. It's been 10 years. I haven't talked to them. <laughs> they were horrible. They did right. all these bad things. And right. Well, the attorney didn't do the deed and oh. the person's still on title. Oh boy. And you can't, you can't. Now we got to go chase them. Now and get we got to go sign. find them to sign. Oh, and then all of a sudden, Oh, wait a minute. Oh. When we got divorced, it was worth a hundred thousand. Uh-huh. Now you have 500,000 in equity. Yeah. I don't know if I want to sign that. Go yeah. back to court. Oh boy! Go back, and, and that's something that happens quite a bit. Ouch! Um, okay. So, if you have a divorce, you're getting a divorce. Make sure the property's listed in the divorce, and make sure whoever's deeding off is doing the deed. Excellent. And signing it and done. And the last one, death. Yeah. Okay. Death is is tough to overcome. I'm not I'm not going to be <laughs> biblical here, but there's right. a very few people that overcome death. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not happening in a real estate transaction. So. Yep. If there's and there's rules, the contract specifies if somebody dies during um, the the transaction, if the contract is valid. There's also title and escrow rules that we have to follow. Too. I can so imagine if somebody passes away in the transaction, call your agent, have them call me, we'll <coughs> figure out what we need. Sometimes we don't need anything. We've actually closed trouble. deals when one of the parties has passed, and right. because their heirs still wanted to proceed, and, yeah, it, and that's fine. Exactly. We can do it exactly. So great stuff, Rick. Top 10 reasons escrows don't close. That's, that's it. That's it. This is what happens. This, these are the reasons that, that they fail. And let's hope it doesn't happen to any of our listeners. But, guys, us, you know, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back. we got one more segment to do for you today. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. That was really good. I gave you article time, too. You see that? That was perfect. That was good. That was very, very good. That's good. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm going to talk about... What do I have here? I got this BLM land thing. This is interesting. You know, it's going to be a BLM land auction in November. When's the last time we had one? It's been years. Long. Since that one guy paid $500 million for like six acres. Yeah, right? And it's brought out or something like that. Yeah, yeah some crazy now. Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about ahead, it. Carly. Come on. I'm yeah. curious. I go out in that BLM. Yeah, there it is. So it'll be and interesting. Do you know how much it's BLM right. land is out there? A lot. Well, yeah, most of Nevada is owned by the U.S. government. Yeah. I mean, and it says it in here. It talks about that. So we'll talk about that. 90%? No, I can't say that yet because we're not on air. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say that yet. Don't say that yet. Here we go. Segment four. Segment four. Here we go. Ready, go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203. 203-1165. You've just been listening to Rick talk about the 10 reasons escrows might fail, or the top 10 reasons. If you want to talk to Rick about your escrow, or you want to have him handle your escrow, or get involved with your purchase or sale of a home, uh, just text Rick to 702-203-1165. I'll put you in touch with him, and he'll help you out. We love helping our listeners, don't we, Rick? I love it. We do. And and, and as a matter of fact, think, speaking of helping our listeners, uh, Ben would love to help you, too, with the home inspection. If you're thinking you're buying new and you want to do one of the pre-drywall inspection, you want Ben to do it for you, uh, just text Ben to 702-203-1165, and I'll put you in touch with Ben, and he'll take care of you as well. Uh, having said that, guys, I found this article in the paper this past week written by Patrick Blennerhassett from the RJ. The headline being uh, how 900 acres of BLM, BLM land heading to auction could be developed. And so a BLM auction, this is not, I don't know, I couldn't even tell you when the last time I've heard about a BLM auction. It's been before, a long time. Last time I know of one is before the crash. I remember that guy on the front page of the paper who bought like 500 acres for like $500 million, Yeah. And it was like the largest purchase. And you could see it in his face that he was like 
What happy happened? but sad yeah. all at the what same time. What did I just do? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what did I just do? And then like two weeks later, the housing values were half the price. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yep. Um, so Patrick wrote this article uh, this past week, and I'm just going to read some stuff out of the articles. And it's interesting to me. BLM land auctions are kind of interesting to me in just in terms of the future of our valley. They, they, they speak to the future, what's going to be happening here. So let's talk about that. And in, in here he starts with, the vast majority of nearly 900 acres in Las Vegas Valley expected to be put up for auction by the Bureau of Land Management on November 1st could be sold for residential and industrial development. Um, the first parcel, which uh, totals 505 acres, is located just to the east of Red Rock Canyon, just to the east of Red Rock Canyon, and west of Interstate 215. So it's Summerlin. That's Summerlin. East of the Red Rock, west of the 215. It's right out that does, there. That doesn't sound like starter homes. No. This uh, will likely be sold to land speculator developer, said Stephen Haynes, vice president of Colliers International and their land division. And, is, and he goes on to say, in my opinion, the use of land will be more mixed-use development with an emphasis on residential, both single-family and multifamily. He said the city of Las Vegas will play a crucial role in safeguarding the interests of the community by taking measures such as land use planning and zoning. So, so the city will have a say in what you, you're going to be doing there, guys. Don't think you're going to, you know, uh, we talked about a spaceport. That's not going to be a spaceport, guys. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Uh, the second plot, uh, which is uh, totals 225 acres and is located just next to Carly's house. No, wait, that's not right. <laughs> no, it's located south of Nevada uh, State Route 160 in Enterprise and will sell to an industrial developer is what they're projecting. Uh, it's already zoned M1, which is light manufacturing, and located near a rail along with several other industrial users. So it's probably going to be industrial. So this uh, this is down off of uh, Blue Diamond, Blue Diamond Road, right? Say Blue Diamond, Blue is, Diamond. One, is 160, but it's got to be out there. Yeah. So here it goes on to talk about BLM. BLM, BLM owns 67% of all of Nevada. Well, it's gone down. 48 million acres. That is a big state. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, and has initiated public comment. Now, here's what happens. They initiate a public comment to uh, process the cell land primary located in the northwest part of the valley near Kyle Canyon Road. Uh, the rest of the land is located southwest of the part. These are some of the loose ends that they have. Um, but here's what happens next. A 45-day comment period will open late August in accordance with the Southern Nevada Public Land Management Act. 85% of the money generated from the sale of the acreage will be used throughout Nevada for the development of parks, trails, and natural areas. Interesting. So I, I like that we get to keep the money here in the state. I think that's terrific. An additional 5% of the funds will go to the state's general education fund, and 10% will go to the Southern Nevada Water Authority. It's interesting they're releasing land amid a you know a water crisis. It kind, is, of tell, kind of tells me that we we're we're okay. We're kind of not worried about the water as much as people might think yeah, we are, or, nine, or we should be. Nine hundred acres isn't a lot of acreage. It is, but it's not for <clears throat> no. development. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh, it's an improvement that they're doing it though. It is. It's, it, and like I said, we spent. We can't even remember the last time we. Yeah. I mean, last time we heard it was was pretty pretty. It was a long time ago. They, they're probably doing them every week. They're just probably doing small ones, and we know nothing about it's them. True. You know, that's probably this true. Is probably the biggest one that they've seen. And that's that's maybe why it caught Patrick's eye is because it's a pretty big one, uh, yeah. and not huge by old stands. I mean, the old stands we see a couple ten thousand. Yeah, we see big monsters, right, uh, going out. Um, but this is that first one. That is Summerlin, guys. I mean, in, or it just sounds, adja- it sounds just like adjacent it. to Summerlin. Is there going to be a master plan west of Summerlin that's not Summerlin? Wouldn't that be interesting? I'm not sure that that's going to happen. What do you think? I don't think so. 
No. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you have out there uh, Bonnie Springs, right? I mean, oh, sure. That, that area is going to be transitioned into something, I think. And you, you yeah. know, you drive that whole loop behind the mountain that goes right. south to Blue Diamond. Yeah. I mean, once you're out of the parkland, you can just kind of visualize that becoming something all the way out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, point. Spring Spring Mountain uh, State Parks out there where they do this that summer super summer theater. My wife and I used to go out there all the time. Have you been out to that? Yeah. It's with a long the, time ago. A long time. Yeah, they have a stage out there. You go out there on in the evening, you, and it's all, only in the summer. And you go out there around 7 o'clock, and you put a blanket out on a lawn, and you bring some food. You stop and get a picnic or whatever, get some fried chicken, and you sit there and you drink some wine and on this lawn. And then they put on a show up on the stage there, out there. Uh, it's really quite nice. And what's interesting is in the middle of the summer, you go out there, and once it gets dark, it gets cold quick. I mean, you're out there, it's kind of warm, and you, but then all of a sudden you realize you, you probably need a sweater or, or we need to be wearing jeans out there because it gets cold. It surprises. It catches you off guard. You know, a lot of people go out there, and they're wearing shorts and T-shirts, and by the time night comes, they're just shivering. They're, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not easy. I'm welcoming sweatshirt weather. Just, I'll bet you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, th- well, it's a lot cooler. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's, like, it's only 108 today. I mean, oh. yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. It's a dry heat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always say that it's a dry. It's a. It's a. It's a it's, yeah, it's just a dry heat. It's a hot. It's a hot heat, it's hot, but, yeah. it, but still just a dry heat. It'll and I'll tell you, you something. You know, I'll take 110 here over 95 in Baltimore any know. day. And I I'll tell to, you, I used to say that, but there's things happening to my car that shouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rear view mirror is melting something really it's all <laughs> right now like that doesn't happen that's not there. good no. no that's not good right no you don't want the mirror to melt so that's like a doll that's like a dolly portrait isn't it uh, salvador yeah, dolly with those things are melting what, i don't know what's going on but i mean it's been it's been hot yeah that's not good and i think the problem was that we didn't have a gradual step up to it no we didn't we had a it was beautiful all the way through june and then all of a sudden we had like one week it was like yeah. a little hot and then the next week it was like somebody turned uh, up the oven, furnace oven went on high yeah no so, doubt, no doubt. I mean, I look. I, okay, so so when you talk about BLM land auctions, I mean, and who's who's buying it? BLM. It's only it's really just developers. I mean, mostly. I mean, can an ind- I guess an individual could buy a par- parcel if they wanted to. You have enough money, you can buy anything. Right. I mean, I imagine they're only cash purchases. They're not going to let you. <laughs> they're not going to let you go get a loan to, yeah. to get these things, and so you're going to have to you prove you got the money. You can't call John to get a loan on the BLM. No, I don't think John's going to loan you money on a BLM purchase. I don't think that's going to happen. That's another thing that happens sometimes. People think they can buy land with financing. You you really can't, guys. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's tough. That's tough to do. That's rare, unless the owner's willing to finance it. Sometimes owners would be willing to finance a land purchase, and, and oftentimes they are if they really yeah. want to sell. Maybe the federal government will finance this one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Um, well, their interest rates are going up They're so going much. Up. They might as well. So yeah, they, they might, might as, as well, as well. For, these days. And I hear, I hear we're going to uh, in quarter. For, it went up for a quarter. Today. It went up a quarter today. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen a little bit. This hopefully this is the last one though. I think that that's going to... Th- I mean, they always... I love their comment, we, we reserve the right to do it again. Well, that's what your job is, so we yeah. know you reserve the right to do it. Like, yeah. Like, we get it. You also better reserve it to lower it, too, when the time comes. <laughs> that's right. Yes. We reserve the right to ask you to please lower it. Yeah. I, Come on, now. It's it's time. I, I Yeah, that's a whole other segment, Harvey. I can go, uh, on, I can go on about that. I Yeah. I just, I just poked the bear on that one, apparently. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, listen, you know, for, first of all, again, thanks for the 10 top escrow fails. That was good stuff. And inter- okay. important for people to understand that, you know, we take escrow for granted. You know, as, as a realtor, I can tell you I do. I'm just, right. you know, here, here's a deal, guys, close it. Right. You know, that's basically, 
right, Carly? Carly looks at me and says, yeah, that's exactly what Harvey does. <laughs> he just says, here, here's the deal, close it. <laughs> um, not like we don't watch over. We do watch over. But but we do count on you guys, and we take you for granted. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you're sharing these these concerns we should have. Uh, and I'm sure there's people out there who've been involved in transactions that dealt with the same thing. Yes. What a fun real estate hour. Got to thank Mark, our uh, production director. Thank Carly once again for doing a great job. And our outstanding expert contributors today, that being Ben Grove and Rick Senemi. Uh, you've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld. Next week, we'll have an, uh, another fantastic hour for you. Our guest is going to be John Ingram. Uh, he's a lender extraordinaire and our returning grand champion. Sorry, Rick. Um, <laughs> if you ever have a question about real estate or any other topics we cover, just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That being LV Real Estate Radio. Like and follow us on social media. Our handle being at LV Real Estate Radio. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us this week. Remember, while we seek to educate, empower, and engage with you, we want you to learn, understand, and then act. We'll meet you on the radio next Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on 101.5 KDON.